Good morning and welcome to Health Watch. I'm Dr. David Naiman, your host. If you haven't been sick this winter, you've surely noticed the large number of sick people around you. The flu season has started unusually early and it seems to be packing quite a punch. Some say it's an epidemic and others that it's merely a moderately severe year. But either way, given that it's happening along with the worst pertussis outbreak in 60 years, immunity and immune boosting is definitely on everyone's mind. Today's guest, Dr. Gary Weiner, is here to talk to us about natural ways to boost immunity, to protect yourself against colds and flus, and how to treat the flu once you have it. Dr. Weiner is a former writer and producer for public television who transformed his health through diet and nutrition and was motivated to then change his career to become a naturopathic physician, Chinese herbalist, and acupuncturist. In 2001, he co-founded Pearl Natural Health here in Portland, and he's here again today to talk about natural approaches to boosting immunity in the flu season. So if you have questions for Dr. Weiner today and you want to join the conversation, the phone number is 503-231-8187. Welcome back to Health Watch, Dr. Gary Weiner. Good morning. So let's let's start with why should we be worried about the flu? Uh, why why do we hear about the flu in the news versus um, the common cold, for instance? What is what is the big deal? Well, the big deal this year is that the flu of 2013 has come earlier than expected, and it's quite virulent. In fact, uh, it's the worst we've had in 10 years, with 29 states reporting it as a as a severe epidemic. Last week, uh, 7.3% of all deaths in the U.S. were due to this new flu. And uh, the Center for Disease Control uh, speaks of uh, the current vaccine as being only about 62% effective. Um, so we've got more people getting it uh, uh, than, than in, in a very long time. And um, I think it's a stressful time uh, in, in the world and in, in our country and uh, with time, economic hard times and because stress uh, certainly weakens our immunity uh, and it's come earlier, uh, we've got a problem on our hands. So it's, it's real important, as I tell my patients, that, that we stay as healthy as possible right now and build a strong immune system. Well, you mentioned the flu vaccine, uh, and I know a lot of people wonder each year, should I be getting the flu vaccine? So let's just parse out some of the the pros and cons. You mentioned, for instance, this year that the that the CDC says it's sixty two percent effective, and and what a lot of people don't realize is the effectiveness of the vaccine changes year to year, uh, and and one of the reasons that is is because. Uh, we're actually guessing which strains in advance of the season, which is kind of a unique thing for vaccinations. That's right. Uh, you know, I'm not one who I'm not one who says you know absolutely the don't get a flu vaccine, and I, I leave that to my patients because overall I don't find for most people that that they cause any harm. However, uh, they I, in other words, I think they work, but not universally, universally or predictably. Um, uh, you know, there's no single virus that can cause the flu, and we're anticipating what uh, flu viruses are. You know, what 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 we're going to be facing a year before, and because of what's called the antigenic uh, sh drift and shift, which is sort of how viruses uh, mutate over time and change and how they combine, it's very difficult to be accurate when making a vaccine. And so, you know, plain and simple. Uh, Getting a vaccine doesn't really guarantee 
uh, that we're going to be protected. Well, it's, it seems like one of the conundrums is the CDC says it's 62% effective this year, for instance, which I'm imagining is for people with healthy, robust immune responses to the vaccine, but the people who are um, at most risk from dying of the flu, so the elderly, the immune compromised, and, and little babies don't actually mount a very good immune response to the vaccine. So I would guess, I would I would suppose that uh, uh, the effectiveness is even lower for for those people. It is, and and then there's a, a huge number of people uh, who uh, are immune compromised on a, on a functional level. I mean, there's a lot of folks around with weak immune systems who are going to be more vulnerable, and the and the vaccine is not going to be protective. Um, it's not to say that the vaccine can't be protective, but if people think that they're getting a guarantee or that uh, that that's going to take care of the problem, uh, I don't think it is. I, I suppose you could make a public health argument that in order to protect our seniors and our infants, that uh, the, uh, the average uh, adult with a healthy immune system should get immunized more for them than themselves in in a way. I uh, yes and, and I and I agree with that. You know, the basic guidelines of the CDC about, you know, people 6 months of age and older and immune compromised folks, people with asthma and diabetes and chronic lung disease and pregnant women. Uh, I think it's 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 possibly protective. So, given that that this the vaccine isn't going to be um the end all and be all. We see, we both see patients in our practice who come in who've had the vaccine who also then get the flu. What, where do we start with people to help um, boost their immune system so that the likelihood of them getting the flu is much lower? The way that we can approach this is uh, as we do in, in, in my clinic with a, a program for immune enhancement is to do to take measures to, to, to build up our resistance. Everybody's health is different, and it's hard to generalize. But the points that we want to look at the, in, in each patient is, you know, first the diet and nutrition because nutrition is so vital to creating a, an immune system that works. And we could go into the nutraceutical aspect of which vitamins and minerals and amino acids and fatty acids, and there's just so many that are involved in immunity, but the first thing is we've got to eat and digest well, and it, it focuses on a, a whole foods diet rich in vitamins, minerals, and amino acids, and high fiber, and uh, good oils and and we can we can discuss that more secondly we want to work on our alert al our allergies we want to work on any kind of toxicity we have in our body because the body has to deal with a a total load of things that irritate it and if it's dealing with a lot of food that's coming in that isn't right for the body uh, if it's dealing with other kinds of environmental sort of toxins then it's comp when it should be attending to the latest virus it picked up, it's, it's tied up and busy with, with uh, getting rid of things that probably ought not to be there in the first place. Third is to look at hormones. Uh, there's a lot of people walking around with uh, stress-induced uh, problems and low thyroid function, low adrenal gland function, and there's plenty of evidence and plenty of papers out there in the research world showing that low function of the thyroid, which I focus on a lot in my practice, and uh, adrenal fatigue leads to a decrease in uh, 
in uh, the potency of the immune system and the ability to fight off stuff. Uh, and those, the, you mentioned the thyroid and the adrenal. Certainly, adrenal fatigue. It's not something that a conventional doctor really looks at in their paradigm. But I would, I would also guess that most conventional doctors don't look at thyroid either um, when when thinking about immunity. So, is there a certain test you would have people ask their doctor to get? Well, everybody should be uh, everybody who's facing uh, immune challenges uh, should should it be doing a TSH test and a free T3 and a T free T4 test, and should be looking at uh, possibly uh, something called reverse T3 uh, to see if they're a candidate for help with the uh, with the thyroid, and then in, in the adrenal department, uh, there's a saliva test called the adrenal stress index by the most common lab that does it or the adrenal stress profile and nowadays there's all sorts of specialized labs that do adrenal testing and and that's a big one because low adrenal function will leave one really open to the viruses are there and i want to say that that's what you know immune enhancement and prep preparedness for a, a flu season like we have today is all about which is how can i strengthen my resistance what separates you and me if we're both exposed to the same virus why i get it and you don't i may get it because i've got uh, weak forces and yeah, you may not get it because yours are strong so we can we can look at a variety of different factors in our health and really up our chances for uh, not getting it. Well, what what about uh, vitamin D, Doctor Weiner? I know a lot of people focus on vitamin D and its role in immunity. Is that is that a standard thing that you typically test for? And if so, what what levels would you want people to be at to uh, feel good about their vitamin D status going into the winter? Well, I I always look at that, and there's actually some really good papers out there uh, from peer-reviewed journals on vitamin D and immunity. In fact, that's one of the first things I recommend to my patients when they ha- get the flu is immediately to increase their vitamin D up to, and I don't want anyone out there simply doing this without some uh, uh, supervision from their healthcare provider, but you know, we go up to 30, 40 thousand units for a couple of days right away. And of course, uh, if you don't have the flu, but are just looking at uh, lining up all your defenses, you know, get it tested. And, you know, you want to get it up there uh, high, you know, above 50 uh, to really feel good about your vitamin D status and the upcoming flu. We're talking today with naturopathic physician, Chinese herbalist, and licensed acupuncturist, Dr. Gary Weiner, about natural approaches to flu prevention and treatment this season. If you have questions and want to join the conversation, the number here at the studio is 503-231-8187. So you mentioned allergies. So just to paraphrase what you'd said about allergies, do you, if somebody is struggling, say, with a mold allergy or a cat allergy or a wheat allergy, are you suggesting that if they're not really addressing uh, the stress that they're getting in their body from those allergens, that they're more susceptible to the viruses that they're exposed to? That's exactly what I'm, I'm suggesting. If you have chronic itchy throat, watery eyes, you're sneezy, sinus picture, sinus congestion, it's a sure – it's a tell – that your 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 load your total load of uh, 
irritants in your body is too high. Maybe it's coming from stress hormones. Maybe it's coming from the diet. It's coming from somewhere. Uh, I say uh, address that with your healthcare practitioner and address it now when you don't have the flu. And that's a very strong thing that you can do. Uh, I'm finding a lot of people with a chronic sinus picture uh, have a low level of chronic uh, coagulase negative staphylococci uh, that we're culturing with deep nasal cultures all the time, and, and we're taking care of that, and immunity is really being strengthened. So but they have the, a low level of a bacteria. Yeah, that's always there. And, uh, you know, much as we naturopaths have, uh, we're sort of trained against the germ theory in our nascent training, um, I've, I've, I've come to a position where I'm actually seeing us carry a low level of this germ around, and when we when we get it, get rid of it and get those cleaned out, and people are carrying it around for decades, uh, that health is really changing in in many in many cases. And do you use uh, home therapies like uh, salt water, neti pot rinses of the sinuses as part of that, or is yes. that not something that you? No, do? I, I do that, and, but we also are uh, compounding through a compounding pharmacy. Um, nasal spray using actual antibiotics and getting them way up into the, the nasal cavity for a month of spray. I, I try to avoid the systemic uh, antibiotics because of all the destruction that they wreak on the, on the digestive system, but uh, sometimes we do use them. Let, let's, go, let's move on and talk a little bit about some of your favorite uh, supplements or herbs from a preventative standpoint. You mentioned vitamin D, finding out your vitamin D status, getting on the appropriate level, and then you also mentioned a, a higher dosage as a treatment of vitamin D. Are there some other things that are are really common that you use over and over again for people um, to get them ready? And, and particularly, let's say, people who are, are ex- exposed at a high level, say like school teachers or nurses, uh, people who are going to really want to make sure that they're careful around their their immune function. Uh, the first thing we do, you know, is of course work on the diet. Get that get that right. Uh, the second thing is, you know, to take some antiviral herbs during the season and nutrients that will support the immune system. You know, one of my favorites is, of course, uh, Sambucus. There's some good research on that, which is uh, elderberry. elderberry. And and also uh, uh, Osha ligusticum and uh, astragalus and uh, mushroom complexes that are, are quite well known out there. There's different combinations and strengths, but, you know, the, the mataki and the reishi and the cordyceps mushroom are all very helpful and uh, have been shown to uh, increase uh, uh, humoral and cell-mediated immunity. Um, we're using a lot of Chinese herbs. Uh, like you, I'm a, a Chinese herbalist and an acupuncturist, and there's really some good research on lanicera and forsythia, uh, those two Chinese herbs that are common uh, antiviral type herbs that are in a lot of the old uh, ancient formulas that deal with the so-called external pernicious influences that invade us in the season which which are the that's the flu and uh, cold viruses uh, uh, once we've uh, got the flu uh, uh, I usually ask my patients to take Epsom salt baths uh, in the first couple of days, every, like every two hours, you know, and the magnesium salts have a way of pulling out the, uh, well, at least that's the theoretical model, pulling out the uh, the ache from the muscles, 
and uh, beefing up the antiviral herbs, some combination uh, of, of the kinds of things that I've mentioned. And with this flu of 2013, uh, the homeopathic remedy, Eupatorium, um, Eupatorium uh, is, is working very well in the clinic uh, with cases that we've had this year, although, you know, uh, people should look at, you know, these other remedies like gel semium and nux vomica and phosphorus and, and certainly work with your practitioner on finding the right homeopathic remedy. Um, and, uh, and, and uh, you know, back to the herbs, you know, the, the so-called adaptogens, because everybody's under a lot of stress and the, the f- getting the flu itself is stressful, these so-called ad- adaptogenic herbs are very, ha- uh, very helpful. You know, astragalus is ad- adaptogenic and uh, cordyceps is a- adaptogenic. Sometimes ginseng is helpful. That's ad- adaptogenic. Well, of the ones that you mentioned, the one that most people have probably heard of the most is elderberry, and it's it's probably one of the safer ones to do uh, on your own. What What is a typical dosage that you would have people on on a preventative level? And and what form do you typically like to give well, it? Well, I like the syrup because it's yummy. And, it is. Uh, it's really and, tasty. And it works well and it increases our ability, our compliance. You know, we're, we're more likely to have it when it's yummy versus some inert little capsule. And uh, when we have the flu, I, you know, I go for, uh, you know, about a teaspoon of your average syrup, you know, every two hours for a couple of days. And, you know, for more of a preventive, I would say, uh, you know, a couple of teaspoons a day uh, uh, would be good. And then let's let's circle back a little bit to the diet. You mentioned the importance of making sure our digestion's working well, that we're not we're not eating allergens that could potentially make our immune system uh, not ready to deal with the invasion of flu viruses. But w- tell us a little more about why the digestion would even be a question when it comes to uh, respiratory vulnerability. Well, the first line of our defense. The, the, uh, in our immune system is actually uh, our digestion. Uh, and it starts, uh, you know, we eat the food and it goes down to our stomach within uh, moments, seconds. Uh, and uh, there we have our first line of defense. And if, if we're under a lot of stress or if our digestion is uh, not up to snuff, then the, the, the acidity, the, the level of acidity in our stomach which is a level that basically annihilates foreign invaders like viruses when it's at a level it should be. It, when it's not there, uh, we, are, we are more susceptible to these viruses. That's one of the main ways that they enter the body as well as through the respiratory system. Uh, and so it's very important that digestion be working well in order to, uh, to be protected. Um, uh, with regard to the diet, uh, this idea that uh, we have an immune system, which is white cells and antibodies, think of them as soldiers. So if your body's busy attacking food that, that your body really doesn't want and you're in it, but you're not aware of it, those soldiers aren't available, actually, when there's an attack of a, of a, of a neighboring army of, of the virus. Is that because your white blood cells are mobilized to deal with whatever inflammation is being caused by the food that we don't The like? food or anything else that, that's going on and that's coming in. I mean, we are, we, we are an ecosystem, uh, as you know, and uh, we have to manage that system. And, you know, the immune system is finite. 
it's really not infinite. We could count these cells and these antibodies if we, you know, if we had the equipment to count it exactly in the body, and it is a finite number, and it becomes exhausted that it has to deal with so much. Well, it's interesting that, you know, when we were in naturopathic school, we learned that, you know, one of the central tenets of naturopathy is to treat the gut. And it's, we're finding more and more that there's a, digest, there's a connection with digestion and mental health. There's a connection with digestion and heart health. And, and also, as we're discussing here with immune and, and respiratory function, would we find things that uh, would aid digestion? Is there any, any information coming out to say that probiotics would be useful in flu prevention? Well, I don't, see, I don't see the studies, but... Uh, and it's a great point that you raise, uh, a, a proper ecology of the uh, small intestine, uh, just as a proper ecology of the stomach, uh, is important for immunity, though we don't see the studies that say, okay, take probiotics, prevent influence. Just like we don't, we don't see the studies do intensive acupuncture, which I, I neglected to mention, and, you know, the you won't get the flu. Well, we don't have good studies really on that, but we have great studies that acupuncture shifts the immune system indirectly. We can apply that. Same thing with probiotics and hydrochloric acid for the stomach. Anybody who's vulnerable should work on the gut. Uh, and in our immune enhancement program, we certainly look very closely at the ecology of the gut and shore up the differences. Well, it sounds like if somebody is getting sick all the time, or worried about getting sick, and they also have uh, other chronic symptoms, irritable bowel or chronic sinus congestion, that really they need to do some sleuthing with a, with a medical practitioner who's, who's willing to sort of parse out what are the co- chronic causes behind these symptoms. Absolutely. That's, that's what I recommend to, to, to anyone who is worried about getting the flu is, you know, we tend in this culture to think, okay, I've got an immune system problem and it has nothing to do with my gut or it has nothing to do with my adrenals or my thyroid or my diet. It's an immune system problem. You and I have had the the great uh, fortune of being educated in a, in a profession where, you know, we, 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 we have been schooled in, in whole person medicine and, and looking at the integration of parts. Our medical doctor colleagues understand, of course, that we are also a whole system, but the medical landscape has moved in a direction of specialization and dissection of parts and fragmentation. And, uh, you know, it's our job to pull it together. And, and really, once they've, they've suggested the flu vaccine, other than Tamiflu, there isn't a lot that they're really suggesting in terms of treatment for people who already are sick with a, a flu virus. Right. Tamiflu, and, you know, there's, there's you know, three or four drugs that are used, uh, depending on whether it's type A influenza or type B. I have not prescribed them. I mean, I looked at the research in preparation for our show today, and, if, you know, there's evidence that it, it can have an effect if you take it right away. You know, how many people get that medicine uh, you know, sometimes we're asymptomatic in the first two days. We haven't really felt it. We're feeling a little run down. We don't know it's the flu. And by the time we would get our hands on some of that medicine, it's really ineffective. And so I think, you know, I think natural medicine is the direction for most flus uh, and for the prevention of most flus is to get strong. And for people who are already 
you know, in the throes of the flu, maybe they haven't gotten strong yet. You've mentioned Epsom salt baths. You mentioned ramping up the vitamin D as a as a treatment intervention. Are there other things that you would have them take in high doses as far as the in the hopes of shortening the flu when they're well, in it? Yes. Uh, I, I mean, we can look at all the immune nutrients, uh, vitamin A, vitamin C, uh, vitamin E, the antioxidants. In fact, for immune-compromised folks and people with chronic fatigue and people who are very vulnerable, we, we recommend very strongly um, uh, nutritional intravenous therapies. And folks come into our clinic and sit in a comfortable chair and get a drip of uh, uh, vitamin C and other immune nutrients, which in my tracking has you know shortened the duration and speeded recovery uh, remarkably. Um, I would recommend, in addition to the things I've already mentioned, you know we we can pretty safely go up on vitamin C to, uh, you know, if you Google Linus Pauling studies, writing, you'll see, you know, 20, 30,000 milligrams a day. I'm not suggesting that to all your listeners, but just referencing that as a a zone where it's usually safe except for stone formers. I mean, there are some precautions I would warn your listeners to. uh, But you're talking about high doses when people are actually in the throes of the the illness. Yes, not not in preparing uh, you know, I think for a lot of immune-compromised folks, you know, taking six to 8,000 milligrams a day, even when they're not sick, is not such a bad idea. It's good for the adrenal glands, seems to uh, support immune function, healthy skin, and uh, has lots of other health benefits. Well, will you put people through these immune programs here in Portland at your clinic, Pearl Natural Health? Uh, maybe you could share your uh your contact information in case people are interested in in coming in and preparing for the rest of the winter. Uh, we can be uh, we can be found on the website uh, at the uh, on the web at uh, www.pearlnaturalhealth.com and uh, our phone number uh, is uh, 503-230-8973. and we would welcome emails at uh, pearl at pearlnaturalhealth.com. Do you have some final thoughts for our listeners today? Well, I, I, my final thoughts would be uh, to uh, – if, if you are worried about the flu and if you have uh, health challenges or uh, immune system challenges uh, and you don't have the flu yet, uh, to take this opportunity in the winter to prepare uh, – uh, for next year or for something that might happen later in this season and uh, work on your health. Uh, working on your health is uh, the best uh, path for preparing against the, the flu. Well, Gary, it's always a pleasure to have you on Health Watch. Thank you, David. We're talking today with Dr. Gary Weiner about natural approaches to flu treatment and prevention. If you missed part of today's program or are curious about other Health Watch programs, you can listen to it at drnaimon.com slash healthwatch. Or you can also go to iTunes and search for the program under the name Health Watch in the podcast section. Stay tuned for the rest of the Monday morning radio zine.